So who are the top defenders in the 2022 NBA draft class that can possibly help your team improve their defense? Find out right here on the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, your daily NBA podcast. I am Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. Got it here on my shirt if you're watching on YouTube. And I spent this entire season crisscrossing the globe, literally crisscrossing the globe. I lived in Barcelona, Athens. I went to Milan. I went to Paris a few times. I went to some college basketball games. So I've been all over all over the world, literally evaluating the top prospects in this class, just so I could share with you my thoughts and intel with you here on the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. And thank you for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. And since it is Monday, your first listen of the week. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And that is because BetOnline is where the game starts all right it is monday morning and last night was game two of the nba finals and for a while the game looked like an old school 1990s game it was kind of low scoring at one point the pace was a little slow they played good defense now i will say they were missing a lot of layups and the game got a little chippy at times and you know when i look at this finals team especially with boston who, even though they lost yesterday, they got what they wanted. They were able to to take home court advantage away from the Warriors. And Boston made a run to the finals with their defense. Now, they do have two really good offensive players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but I feel like it was their defense that put them over the top. Because, I, I, in my opinion, I feel like they've had more talented offensive teams in the past, but this team, it was the defense that really that really kind of separated them. And one of the things about Boston is it's hard to score on them because they have some lineups where it's difficult to pick on a player. And if you've been paying attention to the playoffs, I mean, if you have a weak defender, teams are just picking at you. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love playoff basketball in this era is because teams are looking to exploit mismatches against switches. And if you have the weak defender on the floor, the offense will find him. So this year, probably more than ever, when I'm evaluating players from this class, I'm looking at them through the lens of how will they fare in a playoff series? I'm grading them based on if I think they can stay on the floor in an intense playoff series. So in this episode, I'll cover some of the top defenders in the draft and what I believe their roles will be in the NBA. All right, so when you talk about the top defenders in this class, you have to mention Chet Holmgren. Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren, that is. He's listed at 7 foot, 195 pounds. Now, there are some concerns about his size and his best position and how he'll be able to defend stronger players and whether or not his lack of bulk or strength will contribute to him having issues with durability. But let's just talk about what he does right now. And although he's super thin, he's tough. He is tough. He's competitive. And he's not afraid to throw that skinny, bony frame around. And I had a chance to see him at the Combine in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. And 
I mean, he might be skinnier in person than what he looks on TV. You know the old joke they say that the the TV adds pounds to your frame. I think this could possibly be the case for Chet Holmgren. And again, although he's skinny, there are some that believe he could possibly have a Rudy Gobert type impact on the defensive end. Now that is saying a lot. That is huge shoes to fill because Gobert is going to go down as one of the best defenders in NBA history. I mean, he has the accolades and the award shelf to prove it. And Chet averaged 3.7 blocks per game. And not only is he a, an excellent rim protector, but he does have the ability to move his feet. He can alter shots from behind if he's beat. I mean, he's just an incredible defender. And I spoke to a scout at the combine that was a little torn on his best position because he believes that Chet's best attribute on defense is not his shot blocking, but it's his ability to slide his feet and defend in space. So... What led to the concern, and this is kind of like a good concern to have, to be honest with you, was what position do you play him at? He felt like his size doesn't allow him to play the five as he'll get buried against stronger NBA centers like a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, who again, nobody can guard. But I mean, that's not a favorable matchup for Chet Holmgren. But it's the guys like Yusef Nurkic or Steven Adams or Jonas Valanciunas, those guys that could really give him some problems because they outweigh him by 70 pounds or more. So a lot of people were saying, well, it, it worked for Evan Mobley, but Mobley was able to play next to Jared Allen. So he was able to play the four. And he, I mean, he had a big impact on the Cavs defense, but this particular executive felt like if he if he's forced to play the five, then it could limit his impact and he felt like if you play him at the four, you eliminate his value as a pick-and-roll defender and rim protector, and then you just kind of make him a weak side shot blocker, which is valuable, but it doesn't maximize everything that he brings to the table as a defender. So he made the comment that he felt like Chet could be a little difficult to build around. But either way, I mean, I expect him to be a, a top two pick in this draft at the very minimum and possibly a disruptor on the defensive end. Now, the next player that I want to talk about is the player that will go number one in the draft if Chet Holmgren happens to fall to number two, and that is Auburn freshman Jabari Smith Jr. He's listed at 6'10", 210 pounds, and again, either Smith or Holmgren, they're expected to be the top two players off the board in the draft, which is just like two weeks away. So we're getting closer to my favorite holiday. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it simply because, like I said, it's my favorite holiday. And also, I am ready to talk about 2023. I feel like I've been talking about this 2022 class for almost 12 months straight now. So I am looking forward to move on and to uncover some new prospects. But let's get back to Gerard Smith. Not only is he arguably the best shooter in this draft, he shot 42% from three on 5.5 attempts per game. So he had a healthy sample size. But again, this is about defense. We're not even talking about offense today. And he has a lot of upside as a defender. He could end up being one of the best defenders in this class due to his versatility on defense. He has a good motor. He plays hard. He can block shots at the rim. He can defend in space. And he projects to be someone that can defend threes and fours. Now, if you're the type of 
analytics guy or you like numbers and you like what they call stocks. Now, if you don't know what stocks are, stocks are a combination of blocks and steals. Jabari is one of your favorite guys. This year, he had 72 blocks, which breaks down, or 72 stocks, which breaks down to 35 blocks and 37 steals in 35 games this season. So with his energy, his motor, and just how active he is with his athleticism, he projects to be a really good defender on the NBA level that, of course, brings you offense. All right, before I get into the next group of defenders, I want to talk to you about Sakara. And feeling your best starts with what you eat. And Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle while truly enjoying it with delicious, plant-rich transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now's the time with it being hot or getting hot. It's summertime. And it's the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. Well, I mean, you shouldn't just seek that in the summertime. But it is time for you to start changing what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrition, dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body. And you don't have to sacrifice taste or quality. And the true radiance, it can start on your plate. And Sakara is made with high-quality organic ingredients. And Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver results from reduced bloat and eased digestion to clear skin and boosted energy. And it can change your mood. So if you're moody, you got a bad mood and got a stank attitude, maybe you can change your diet and it will help you out. Now, looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, Choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic plant wrench transformational nutritional programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners, just our listeners, 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 and if you enter the code locked on 20 at checkout you'll save 20 percent. that is sakara s-a-k-a-r-a dot com slash l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n 20 to get 20 percent off your first order again sakara.com slash locked on 20 all right once again thank you thank you so much for making the locked on nba big world podcast your first listen of the day and in this case of course it's monday your first listen of the week now, for your second listen, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They've been covering the playoffs from the first jump ball of the playing tournament, and they will be with you until the last possession of the NBA Finals. And the Locked On experts will take you deep inside the finals, and they have some insight and analysis that are affecting all 30 teams. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast. All right. Once again, I'm Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, and this episode is all about defense. You know, they say defense wins championships. We'll see if Boston and their great defense can win a championship, but not to sleep on Golden State and their defense. I mean, they have Draymond Green, who is one of my favorite defenders to watch, whether it's from his ability to protect the paint with verticality to just his help defense to being an irritant. And I've had a chance to watch Draymond play pickup basketball live. And the same intensity he plays with in an NBA game 
is the same way he plays in a pickup game. And funny story. I mean, I know you want to get back to prospects, but there was a, they call it a pro week, where usually a bunch of NBA players get together around mid-August and they play pickup basketball. And it's kind of a way to get in shape, play five on five, where guys are playing against other pros who are just trying to get a rhythm and, you know, get in shape. They're not worrying about guys hurting them or, or, you know, somebody that's unproven or trying to make a name for themselves. So it's, it's, it's a very closed environment, invite only. And this particular uh, pro week I was at, there were some guys, they weren't NBA players, but they were pretty high level professionals overseas or young college guys that were invited. And uh, they were invited basically to just get an opportunity to see how pros train and what it takes to be a pro. So Draymond takes a team of all guys that were not in the NBA and he beat by himself in a sense, a team of NBA players. And it was all because of his defense, the way he was chirping at guys, talking guys out of taking shots. He knew exactly where players were at or, or their tendencies. I mean, this is just pick up basketball and they had referees there. He's barking at the refs you know, making the refs question their calls or so. I mean, it was just crazy how he was able to just impact the game without scoring and just his overall IQ. And I remember talking to the the host of the, the, the pro week and he told the ref, he said, hey, I mean, this wasn't an NBA ref. This was a ref that refs like college games, or whatever. And he told the ref like, hey, don't let him get to you. This is part of his preparation. This is who he is. And, you know, why you think that getting in shape for the season means, you know, working on your jumper, working on your ball handling, getting your rhythm. He mentioned part of Draymond getting in his rhythm is talking, chirping, playing chippy. And that's what makes him who he is. So with all that being said, a player that I think could have maybe, maybe a Draymond Green type impact one day is Baylor's Jeremy Sohan. Sohan is a freshman. He was born in the States, but he grew up most of his, or he spent most of his childhood overseas, and he could be the best overall defender in this class when it's all said and done. He is capable of defending up to five positions. He's listed at 6'9", 230 pounds. He plays some small ball center for Baylor, and he can play point guard on offense. I mean, he is, I mean, the epitome of a versatile weapon He's strong, he's athletic, he's long, he plays with a great motor and toughness, he talks, and again, a very smart defender. So he does have a little bit of Draymond Green in his game, and I just think that he's someone that is ready to come in right away and be a disruptor and contribute, and that's why I have Jeremy Sohan as the lottery pick. Right now, I have him slated going to the Thunder at number 12, but... I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts to move up in the draft, especially if he shows a little bit more offensive game in his workouts. All right, the next player that I want to talk about is LSU's Tari Eason. Eason is another versatile defender that will be able to guard and defend multiple positions, and he should thrive in this switch-heavy NBA. And I actually had a chance to speak to him at the Combine, and here's the thing about the Combine. All right, I'm a draft guy, right? I study the draft in and out. This is how I've chose to make my living. 
this is something that I'm passionate about. And one of the things about the combine is most of the reporters at the combine are NBA reporters. They don't know anything about the NBA draft. They know a little bit about some of the players, but mostly they're focused on covering the NBA draft. So their questions to the players at the combine, at the press conferences were very generic, very bland. So I had a chance to talk to to Tari and I felt like I was asking him the questions that he wanted to talk about. One of the things I was asking him was, you know, last year at this time, he was a transfer from Cincinnati barely made a blip on the social media on the radar as far as you know I mean he just was not someone that people thought was going to be in this position so had a chance to talk to him and ask him like how does it feel like what a difference a year make last year you were transferred this year you are a possible lottery picture here at the NBA draft and he just talked about his hard work and how he believed in himself and how he just it has this this talent that finally was able to 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 be fully maximized and showcased and one of the things that he showcased this season is that he's one of the best defenders in the country he has the size athleticism and strength to, and i mean just the overall iq to guard the opposing team's best player but what i love about tari eason the most is he is this unique defensive playmaker when i say he's a defensive playmaker he has this rare ability to create his own offense with his defense i mean he turns steals into personal fast breaks whether it's blocking shots i mean he can score it seems like he can score six to eight points per game just off of you know just being a playmaker on defense he's six eight 217 pounds strong frame he has a 7-2 wingspan he has massive hands so when i was at the combat and i shook his hand dude's hands are so big he can make a basketball look like a grapefruit and that's kind of important and, and i didn't realize how important it was until um i was talking to a friend of mine that played in the nba he was talking about Kawhi leonard who ironically easton has been compared to a little bit and my friend was like man Kawhi's fingers are so long he was saying like when he's when you're dribbling in front of him he's always getting a finger whether it's an index finger he's always getting a finger on the ball and I never really I mean this was years ago when he told me this but I never really thought of the impact that hand size makes on defense I knew offensively you know if you can palm a basketball easily it allows you to you know, it, it just gives you an advantage around the rim where you can shift the ball and, and uh, you know, I mean, dunk on guys in a sense because you can palm it. But I didn't realize how he said that just having these big hands and long fingers can just impact getting a finger on the ball, whether it's steals and so on. And Tari Eason has massive hands. I mean, like, like I said, he can make a basketball look like a grapefruit. And despite the fact that he came off the bench for LSU and he only played 24 minutes per game. He averaged a little under two steals and a block a game. Again, if you like stocks and if you like guys that can be playmakers on the defensive end, then you will love Tari Eason, who I think is going to be a mid-first-round pick. But he could possibly find himself in the lottery based off his de- off of his defense. But he does have some offensive skills also. All right. Before I get into the last few prospects, I mean, there's multiple guys that I think could be high-level defenders or, or at least make an impact on defense, but I want to talk to you about BetOnline, and that's because BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. 
You can find all of the latest sports developments, odds, and news, including this year's NBA Finals. You got the NHL Conference Finals. You got Major League Baseball. Of course, you got your latest fighting news and MMA and UFC down to boxing. And BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. And BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, once again, Rafael Barlow, Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board. And I'm going to wrap up this last segment with a few guys that I think will be able to improve your team's defense if your team is lucky enough to draft them. All right, let's go with the fifth player on my high defensive impact list, and it is Mark Williams from Duke. And Mark Williams projects to be a lottery pick. Just, I mean, not just off his defense alone, but defensively, you can make a case and say that he is the best center in this draft on defense. I mean, it's debatable, depending on what you have Chet. If you have Chet as a center, then you may say Chet. Jalen Duran, who did not make my top five, but he projects to be a really good defender that can also defend in space. And it's debatable if Mark Williams or Jalen Duran are going to be the second or first center off the board. Again, it depends on where you have Chet. But now, here's where Mark Williams is kind of divisive in a sense. All right, We all know that he should be able to provide an immediate impact on defense with his shot blocking and his energy. Now, where there is a divide, and um, and I, ha- I had mocked him to the Knicks on my last mock, and Knicks fans did not like that choice at all. And it's debatable if he is the type of defender that can stay on the floor in a playoff series. But in my opinion, I think Williams is the type of guy that can anchor your defense in the regular season and he can help you get to the playoffs. So getting there is one thing. Staying on the floor in the playoffs, I mean, we've even seen Rudy Gobert kind of, I don't, I don't want to say Rudy Gobert got ran off the floor. I will place more so of the blame on the fact that his guards couldn't stop anybody which led to him having to scramble to protect the paint and then went out to the three-point line so you know I think Rudy Gobert getting ran off the floor is very overrated or misunderstood but anyway with Mark Williams 7-2 with a 7-6 wingspan and a 9-9 standing reach like dude can really dunk on his tiptoes and he's a massive human being saw him at the combine Strong lower body, just a massive human being that can clog up the paint and block shots, which he averaged nearly three blocks per game as a sophomore. Now, I personally do not expect Williams to fall past Charlotte at number 13. And since the Hornets are in desperate need of a big man that can, you know, protect the paint, clog the middle, and serve as a vertical lob threat on offense and be the ideal running mate for LaMelo Ball. I just don't see Mark Williams falling past 13. But I do think there is a chance that he could end up being selected before Charlotte gets on the board. I mean, San Antonio is in need of a center. New York possibly could be in need of a center if Mitchell Robinson leaves, but I I don't want to get into that debate. I I feel like I just talked about that almost all last week. Now, again, Mark Williams is someone that just brings defense, Obviously, defense, we're talking about defense, but energy, shot blocking. And I do think that he can be a solid 
drop coverage big. And I don't see him as a guy that's going to be this really switchy defender that's going to be able to switch out on guards and kind of match them step for step. But I do think you can play him in multiple schemes. And I do think that he is someone that will bring effort. He's not going to be a defender that is afraid to go out and leave the paint and, and give up wide open jump shots. I mean, I've seen that before. I've seen guys, I don't want to mention players' names, but I've seen defenders in the NBA that kind of pride themselves on rebounding and shot blocking, and they refuse to guard in space. And they'll give up open mid-range jump shots or pull-ups so they can be near the rim to collect rebounds if the player happens to miss. But I think Mark Williams is a guy that, you know, he's going to be a good team defender and not a selfish defender that is looking to pad his blocks and rebounding numbers. All right, at number six, you know, I cannot make a defensive podcast without mentioning Walker Kessler. Now, I have to make sure I said that correctly because I still want to call him Kessler Walker. And no matter how much I prepare and no matter how much I think I know his name, right when I'm getting ready to say it on air, I always get it wrong. But I think I got it right. Walker Kessler. Now, one thing I will not get wrong about Walker Kessler is his impact as a rim protector. He averaged 4.6 blocks per game as a sophomore after transferring from North Carolina. Now, he barely got on the floor at North Carolina, which led him to transfer to Auburn, which is closer to home. And boy, was that a genius decision in, uh, in a sense. I mean, maybe if he stayed in North Carolina, he'd have a, you know, he would have went to the final four, maybe even a championship ring, but it seemed like it worked out for both situations. Carolina went to the championship game. Of course, Carolina's happy that they beat coach K twice in his final season, but it, it worked out well for Walker. I almost said it wrong. Walker Kessler, Again, 4.6 blocks per game is ridiculous. I mean, I read somewhere it is like the best rim-protecting numbers in like the last, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, don't get me wrong, but I know since like 2008. Again, 4.6 blocks per game is crazy. And if you add on the fact that he averaged 1.1 steals, so we're talking about a guy that combined for 5.7 stocks per game. I've never seen anything like that in college basketball never and he has this incredible size 7175 wingspan and we know that he has a defined role as a rim protector and a glass cleaner now whether he's a first round pick or not i think that will be something that we'll find out on draft day I have him as a second-round pick. I've seen some mocks have him as a first-round pick. I think it's all based off of situation. I mean, there are teams that could use some size in a backup center. Whether or not he can defend in space and in the playoffs is going to be a big issue. I think if he were better laterally, then he could he would be a, a lottery picker. He would definitely be higher as opposed to like a fringe first-round, early second-round pick offensively he does have you know I mean he can't finish around the basket he sometimes he shows flashes of having more offensive game than than he was able to showcase as far as like shooting jumpers but at the very minimum you know he's going to be a rim protector that can come off the bench for you block shots rebounds and just kind of make offensive players think twice about coming to the paint which is one of the things that kind of was weird to me about college basketball like you knew 
that this guy was beating up everything at the rim and teams and, and guards still challenged him. I mean, again, he had one of the most impressive defensive seasons that I've seen in college basketball. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I don't know how I try to say that. But thank you so much for making this NBA Big Board podcast a success in your first listen of the day. Again, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They've been covering the playoffs since the very beginning, and they will be with you covering the last possession of the NBA Finals. They take you deep inside with their expert analysis again i mean some of the stuff will be affecting all 30 teams which is your team once again rafael barlow director of scouting for nba big board and this is the point in the show where i say that i am out